You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. This is the Fly the W670 podcast. It's episode number 13 of season two. Wilson Contreras turns heel. Don't forget to listen, download, review, subscribe to the Fly the W podcast. And uh, Crowley pitchers and catchers reported on Wednesday. Position players are due on Monday. A lot of the guys are already at camp. And let's talk about uh, some of the news that's been coming out of Sloan Park, and there has been plenty already in a week. Oh, pitchers and catchers on Monday, or uh, yeah, and on Wednesday, and position players. I'm so excited, Dustin. Uh, you know, just getting closer to my trip out to Mesa, um, but yesterday, Cubs manager David Ross said Hayden Wazinski, Javier Assad, Adrian Sampson, and some of the non-roster invitee candidates are in the mix for the fifth starter spot. Right now, Keegan Thompson and Adbert Alzelay are viewed as part of the bullpen. So we get a little clarity now. I'm all for, I'm all for that. I'm all for Hayden being uh, nasty in the rotation, and uh, I think Keegan and uh, Alzale make sense of the bullpen. I have no, I have no, I have no problem with that whatsoever. I'd be shocked if it was Assad or Adrian Sampson uh, beating out Hayden. Maybe Adrian, but I'd be shocked. I think Hayden's going to have a big year. Um, you know, just because this is how it breaks as the fifth starter doesn't mean it, it's final, right? So if it is Adrian, Adrian Sampson had a really good season last year, yes. and, yes, and I, I'm very curious to see if he can build upon it. When you talk about the younger guys, Hayden Wesniski and Javier Assad, especially Javier Assad, uh, the issue with those guys tends to be walks, right? And that's that's the thing with young guys is occasionally, you know, lose a little bit of control. So obviously when you talk about who's the guy who has the highest ceiling of the three, clearly Hayden Wesniski, right? When you talk about the guy that may be most ready on day five to take that ball on that fifth start, the, to me, I'm thinking it might be Adrian Sampson, but I, I think we still have to see. I don't think there's going to be a non-roster invitee candidate getting it. And uh, we saw how good Keegan was out of the bullpen. That's what he did to start the season until injuries kind of forced him into the rotation. And and I had mentioned Adbert before, um, you know, as a potential closer candidate. I think he might have the stuff. Right now, they'll probably try to get two or three innings out of him. But I, I'm just curious, you know, you know, right now Michael Fulmer's deal is official one year, uh, one year deal. So it looks like he's probably the has the inside edge on that closer job. But I just I'm just going to keep my head always looking at Albert Alzelay and seeing if maybe he could potentially fit, groom into that role someday. You know what I mean? Yeah, he could he could groom into it, no doubt about that. Um, Tommy Hadovy was on with Mully and Haw. Uh, Tuesday of last week, and he's hoping that uh, one of these guys in the bullpen just takes that closer job. That you know he feels comfortable with a, a, a number of different guys in that role, but he's hoping that one of the guys just grabs it and takes it and makes it his own spot. Yeah, I, I love. I mean, Michael Fulmer's been there, done that. You know what I mean? You want to have that experience. Boxberger the same. 
Um, and Brandon Hughes is a kid that we saw just last year w- w- was really, really good. Yep. And, and, then, and then, like I said, Adbert's just the wild card in that mix. But, you know, we'll, we'll see what happens, you know, because, I mean, think about it. How many multi, multi-inning guys do you need? I wonder, like, hypothetically, if Javier or, or Hayden don't make that fifth roster spot, do they keep them as kind of like long relievers? Or would you say put Hayden down to Iowa so he gets starts? Yeah. Now the move, the next move we're going to talk about, Edwin Rios. This one is a, a little bit of a head scratcher to me right now. <laughs> yeah, because we need more competition for third base, right? Right. Um, That's what I mean. I mean, you know, first base looks like. I mean, they're they're pretty set at first base. You know, uh, third base. I, I thought they were okay, or you know, but th- this makes me feel like they're not okay, and they're they're concerned. Well, so here's the thing about Edwin Rios, right? He's a first baseman, third baseman, comes from the Dodgers system. And, and you know how it is with those young guys at the Dodgers is that it's really tough to crack through that lineup, right? Like you're just, you weren't going to displace, you know, some of the guys that they have there. So it's blocking a lot of young, talented guys, right? So the thing about Edwin Rios is there's a couple things that they like about him. Number one, he's controllable for three seasons, right? So you don't have, you know, he's, you know, you have that advantage. Okay. Is that he's three years away from free agency. He's under your team control. No big deal. The other thing is that he also has one minor league option left. Okay. And so if they want to send him to the minors, they can absolutely do that. Now they can't do it a second time because he doesn't have the options. That means other teams can poach him. Um, but having that option is a big deal. When a player doesn't have that option, then you risk another team taking them if you send them to the minors or try to send them to the minors. The thing they like about him and the things that the Cubs are lacking is is he's got power, major power, right? 492 slugging percentage. Problems, he's got a lot of whiffs to go along with that. 32% K rate, that's not going to play. So, um, you know, whether they think that maybe they can work with him and kind of fix some of the holes in his swing, I don't know. But the hot corner is getting crowded. You got Patrick Wisdom, Christopher Morrell, Nick Magical, Zach McKinstry, and Miles Masturbani all in the mix for that third base spot. It's a lot of guys, a lot of bodies. Um... Now, <laughs> I mean, a couple of those guys, I mean, obviously, you know, probably, I mean, Wisdom is going to be your starting third baseman that I'm looking at. Magical is the one that we keep scratching our head with. I had the interview last, uh, the last episode with, um, with our friends, John Antonoff and Rich Biesterfeld. And Rich said, you know, it looked like the arm was fine. It wasn't obviously, you know, he wasn't some all-star caliber arm, but he was fine there. Um, McKinstry and Master Buani, those are guys that can definitely be decent bench players. But third base is where you really, like I said, I'm going to be very curious to see what Rios does, um, how Wisdom's going to do, and and you know, is it beneficial of Morel to, you know, to constantly be on a bench? Because I don't know. It's not like last year where you could have plugged and played him every different spot. You know what I mean? Whether it was second or short to give um, to give uh, Nico a day off or center field where he was used a lot. You know, there's a lot of places you could use him. I just don't feel like that really is an option that much this year. And so does it benefit Christopher Morel to just sit on the bench, you know, playing one day a week? I, I don't think so. I, I don't, and I don't think they're in the need of having him sub in every day and, and moving around, moving around the diamond either, right? I mean, that that doesn't make a lot of sense, and it, it will stunt his development if you don't get him out, get him at bats. Right, and and that's the thing you see is then all of a sudden when they actually do get at bats, a they're they're not used to it, and b they're they're pressing to try to make an impression, and that's not that great. 
Um, the good news about the Rio signing is that they did not have to move anyone from the 40-man roster. Um, what ends up happening now is that when the season ends, the players on that were on the IL have to go on your 40-man roster. And then once the, the pitchers and catchers start, then the IL opens up again. So Ethan Roberts, who made the team last year but had Tommy John surgery, he's not going to be ready for a while. So he got moved to the 60-day IL, which allowed um, – the Cubs not have to make any any moves to eliminate somebody off the 40-man roster. So that was good. And talking about injury updates, Kyle Hendricks talked to the beat reporters and said he would throw a touch-and-feel bullpen session this coming Friday. So it's going to be his first time on the mound since his injury, which, if I remember correctly, was like late June, early July. It, it, that is when I remember last seeing Kyle but he said he estimates he's about a month behind his normal schedule. Does that sound about right to you, Dustin? Sounds about right. And uh, Tommy Hadovy basically said the same thing, kind of convert, confirmed what he's saying. He, he definitely um, will not be on the opening day roster. But the good news is, is that they have all this depth right now, so they don't have to rush him. Right. But, but let's say hypothetically, okay, he hasn't thrown off a mound, right? Uh, I doubt that Kyle Hendricks has ever said that on you know february 19th before right that he hasn't thrown off a mound since since you know in like six seven months and so i guess for me the way i'm looking at this he hasn't thrown out the mound this is gonna be a touch and feel session so he wants to see how he feels right you don't know if he feels something weird something twitchy we don't know that right then he's gonna have to throw some more bullpens then he's gonna have to build the arm up i mean i just don't see how that's a month behind schedule I, i i don't see how he plays a game prior to the all-star break. I really don't. Wow. Prior to the all-star break. Well, that wouldn't be, that would not be very good news for well, let, let, let's anybody. Think, okay. So, so if he's a month behind and he can't start in April, that makes it May, right? Yeah. So yeah. now you're in May, you're not going to sit there and just put him in the majors, right? You're going to have to give him some minor league starts, right? He'll need a few. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So, so let's push him to June. I mean, now, now you're starting to, and that's, that's assuming Everything goes right, and we don't know, and that's the scary thing. Yeah, yeah. Well, now, I guess you know. I mean, he is. You know, but he is. I mean, part. What do you think, though, Crawley, about like his professionalism? Like, how much do you think that, you know, that helps him? I mean, I think it helps him a ton. I think he's he's way more competitive than people give him credit for. I'm just when when you're coming off an injury like this and you've had this much time off. I'm just not sure how it's all going to look. That's all. I think, you know, it's not like you just kind of just snap back into it. It takes a little bit of time to build that up. I mean, so, you know, we'll see. If, if there's anyone that can do it, it's Kyle. But, you know, he's a guy that's been relatively healthy most of his career. And like you said, he has professionalism. He's going to do the work that's expected of him to rehab and get better. I just... It's blazing hot outside. You get in your car to turn on the AC to get cold air pumping, but it blows hot air out. This issue is commonly caused by low refrigerant due to leaks in the AC system. You want an easy, all-in-one solution that will restore the cold air in no time. AC Pro Recharge Kits. Make restoring cold air easy for even those with zero DIY experience in less than 10 minutes. Save time and money versus going to a shop by picking up an AC Pro Recharge Kit today. Be a pro with AC Pro. I mean, to tell me that he's going to be back in early May and he hasn't thrown a baseball off a mound since June, that's that would be mighty impressive to me. I don't know. 
Yeah, I guess that's one of those ones TBD. We'll have to wait and see, and that's the the, the beauty of this, right? It's, it gives us another another thing to talk about. But the good news is, is that he, you know, the Cubs do have depth at that position. All right, how about uh, how about another young Cub, right? Uh, Brennan Davis. Uh, he uh, definitely has uh, some confidence. Yeah, Brennan Davis. The thing about him, though, is that with that injury last year, that nerve injury, it's it's the expectation prior to last season, right? We all knew that Jason Hayward was going to go bye-bye in the last year of his deal. They signed Seiya Suzuki, and so ideally in all our heads, we predicted Seiya would play right, Hay would play center, Brennan Davis would make his way up, he'd learn the ropes from Jay Hay, and then Jay Hay would get cut. That's how it was supposed to play out. But now with... Uh, Brennan's injury and going out and getting a guy like Cody Bellinger, that that door isn't as wide open as it was before that before the 2022 season. Before the 2022 season, the plan was just to move him in. Now, Brennan's going to have to prove it. Now, Brennan is uh, here's the video clip of Brennan. He sounds confident, and I don't expect any less of him. Here's what Brennan had to say. I mean, I'm not out here not to make a team. Like I'm, I'm out here to compete and. Make give them a tough, a tough, a tough, <laughs> a tough choice to make at the end of spring, and that's all I can do. And I know when my time is called, I'm going to be ready, whether that's now or in a month or in two months or whenever. I'm going to be, I'm going to do whatever I can to be the best version of myself. What does the best version of yourself look like? It's pretty good. <laughs> I got good. I like it. I like the confidence. I like the confidence. You know, what's the best version of yourself? Pretty good. (laughs) Here's like I said, Brennan is not, you know, what he just said, he's not out there, you know, just to, just to say hi to all the players and, and just happy to be there. He's not just happy to be there. His goal is to make the team. And that's what you like to see. And, and I got to spend a little bit of time with Brennan uh, through some of the club 400 events. He came out uh, to the, the Christmas party that we had and, and we went out to dinner the night before He's a great kid and he's got a lot of leadership qualities and, you know, and, and a lot of un- intangibles that aren't on the stat sheet. That being said, he is going to have to prove it because now there's more players. You know, you got Pete Crow Armstrong in the mix. You got Cody Bellinger in the mix. You know, you didn't know PCA was going to have the year he did last year. That was, you know, that was very surprising. If the Mets knew PCA was going to play like he did last year, they would have traded him for a few months of Javi Baez. No, so, no, they would not have. No. So that that's the question. And then you got Cody Bellinger. So it's going to make it tougher. But if anyone can do it, it's Brennan Davis. I have absolute confidence in that. All right, so Brennan Davis is going to make it tough for the Cubs. That's what he's, that's what he's telling, tough for the Cubs when it comes to making some cuts. Um, another couple of players that want to make it tough on the Cubs, and Jed Hoyer specifically, are uh, – uh, Ian Happ, right? And uh, our new uh, second baseman that you and I both have high hopes for. Yeah, so remember when we talked, Dustin, that uh, Jed Hoyer was on uh, the New York Post podcast. Uh, I think it's called The Show. And um, he was on there and he was talking about kind of regrets he had from the previous core. And and one of the big issues he had that he really was – beat himself up for is they said that they let the negotiations with Rizzo that last season go too deep into spring training. It affected his um, preparation and, and kind of maybe your headspace, I guess would probably be the best way to put it. Um, and, and when he was on the podcast, he said, I don't want to do that again. I want to get these things done before spring training. Right. Well, 
you know, he wasn't very specific about when that is, right? And that's what you and I talked about, Dustin, is, okay, does that mean spring training starts and negotiations get shut down? Because those are the the extensions you're looking at is with Ian Happ and Nico Horner. And so, you know, Jed made it a little bit more clear. He held a press conference with the beat writers, and he kind of explained what specifically he meant about it. said multiple times that you prefer not to talk extensions during spring training. Does that mean that spring training starts today? Is that a hard line thing, no extensions? No, definitely not a hard line thing. You know, we have had discussions, and I'll stick with what we always do, which is not talk about where we are with them. But um, we've had good dialogue with 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 both sides. Um, we're not going to cut it off because we're we're here today. Um, you know, my, like like I said, my my preference is really not to get into the the end towards the end of spring training and get to a place where um, I feel like it's affecting the preparation and mentality I would say for the the season and I, I do think that has happened I've seen that happen before so that's something we'll be aware of and we've you know talked to both you know camps about that but um, the, like I said the conversations are good we're not going to set some kind of firm deadline so there's been positive momentum um, yeah it's po- definitely positive conversations for sure yeah Positive right, conversations so. for sure. That's all you can hope, right? That That's as a Cub fan. Um, you like the fact that they're talking. You like the fact that it's uh, positive conversations. I mean, I guess it would have been big news had he said, you know, it's been really rough. Negotiations are going really sideways. I don't know if we can get this done. That would have been much bigger news. Uh, I, I mean, what we got from uh, Jed is about what I expected we would get from Jed. But, again, you know, listen, as long as it doesn't become a distraction, because you know that if either one of these guys starts off not the way we all hope, that that's going to be, you know, one of the perceived reasons is because they have the extensions hanging over their heads. Right. And again, that, you know, as far as it goes, there's no deadline like pitchers and catchers report or position players report or anything like that. But, you know, once it gets kind of closer to spring training ending, maybe that last week and a half, two weeks, Maybe at that point, if they're not close, they they, they just kind of table the talks, you know. And, and right, I think once the season starts, Crowley, I think they will table the talks, and I think they will. I think all parties will come out and say, now that the season has begun, we're not talking about it anymore. I think we'll hear I, that from all sides. I, I think I think it's going to happen before then. I think it's going to happen. Like I said, if it's if if they don't feel like they're right on the verge of something then they're not going to continue that last week and a half of spring training and let those guys kind of clear their heads and, and refocus and reset. Cause obviously that's going to be on their minds. You can't, Absolutely. it can't not be it. So I, I think that if you, if, if that was the issue with Rizzo is they waited until opening day to kind of say, okay, we're done. And then those are Rizzo's first comments to the press when he comes back to Chicago is about not getting extension done and they don't want that. So you know what? Extension's not done about week and a half, you know, before, spring training ends, well, now you get those conversations out of the way, right? You get the, the, the questions out of the way prior to heading back to Chicago and starting the season. Well, Crowley, that's a wrap. Season 2, Episode 13, Wilkinson Contreras Turns Heel is now in the books. Later on in the week, we will have Episode number 14. But before we let you guys go, don't forget, want to remind you to listen as you already are, download, review, and please subscribe to the Fly the W Podcast. And news is fat, flying fast and furious, so don't forget to subscribe to the socials. Fly the W670 on Twitter and Instagram. Fly the W on Facebook. And you can email us at flythew670 at gmail.com. And go Cubs!